0: Welcome to The Extra, the show connecting you with this community and conversations that run the gamut from uplifting to sorrowful to supportive, and today we're hoping informative. This time of year presents an endless array of demands, you know, as we're getting through the holidays, you've cooking, cleaning, baking, shopping, entertaining, and much More, but stress and depression can often spoil the holidays. And these are difficult times for many in our community. Some have lost family members, some are dealing with job losses, but there are ways we can measure and manage these stressors and engage with others to ensure family, friends, and neighbors are feeling okay. Joining us this morning are members of the Suicide Prevention Collaborative of El Paso County. Our guests today include Cass Walton, Executive Director of Pikes Peak Suicide Prevention Partnership. Cass, welcome to The Extra.
1: Good morning. Thank you
0: for having me. And we're also going to be having some other guests later on this morning. But let's start with you, Cass. Uh, let's share some information on Suicide Prevention Collaborative of El Paso County and Pikes Peak Suicide Prevention Partnership.
1: Sure. The collaborative is um, powered by Community Health Partnership, and it's basically an alliance of public health professionals, nonprofit organizations government agencies, businesses, faith-based groups, veteran organizations, academic entities, law enforcement, first responders, and Colorado residents, all focused on the collective purpose of <clears throat> decreasing suicide by 20 percent by 2024. And Pike Suicide Prevention, we're a local nonprofit that provides free suicide prevention support services
0: to the community. Now, this is supposed to be a season that brings everyone together, feeling joyful, feeling fun. Uh, sometimes I think a little people, a few people exaggerate this hypersense of uh, happiness. Uh, why do the holidays cause increased stress and depression for so many, uh, people? And, and I'm counting myself in there because I, I I know that the holidays, sometimes you're looking for the joy amid uh, a lot of the distractions.
1: I think you're absolutely right. You know, this is a time of year where everyone is saying, hey, you're supposed to be happy, you're supposed to be celebrating. And for some folks, that's a lot of pressure, and it might not be kind of their current reality. You know, they might be dealing with different economic factors. They might have a lack of supportive connections. Um, You know, this time of year is when our teens are having their finals at school, our college students as well. And then, you know, especially with the recent events like the Club Q shooting, there are a lot of different factors that our community members are dealing with. And it's hard when you're seeing on social media, oh, people are decorating their trees and cookies and recipes, and I'm not feeling that great. And so there's that pressure to um, conform with what the holiday season is supposed
0: to mean. All right. So I guess why is connectedness then important in addressing stress in maybe helping with depression?
1: Well, connectedness is one of the primary protective factors against uh, suicide because we know as humans, we need those supportive connections. There was a study that showed that depression is just as bad for our health as cancer. And that's because we need someone to help us feel like we belong. We need to have a sense of purpose and having people in our lives that we can access those feelings from is really important and can help us to um, not just be stuck in our own mind or space.
0: Mm. It's interesting that you touch on this because uh, my holiday letter that I do, you know, everybody does those. Some some people do. I have for unfortunately many years. Um, but uh, that's that was the thing that I really uh, played up it was, you know, the reason you're re- reading this letter from me is because of our connection. And I really value that. And, uh, you know, I mean, it is so key. Uh, now, finance also, though, can cause a lot of pressure this time of year year. Uh, And it's a significant driver, apparently, of deaths by suicide. Uh, What advice do you have for listeners at this time of year?
1: So when we talk about economic stability, we know that that is a risk factor if it's not in place for anyone. And that's because a lot of times when we are looking at finances, There's pressure to adults to take care of their family, and that's for basic needs. So, if you came into this holiday season and you were already struggling to pay your bills, and then now you have the expenses of the holidays kind of compounding that, that is very stressful. And that impacts us in a way that says, you know, am I good enough? Am I failing the people around me? And so, it's really important during this time of year that, um, you know, we're just realistic with ourselves. We don't let ourselves be. impacted by that pressure of wanting things to look a certain way, but remembering that um, the holidays really are more about connection, going into church, visiting with family, coffee with friends, those kinds of things. And so none of those things have to cost a ton of money. And just saying, like, this is my budget, communicating that with, you know, your family and your loved ones, and then being okay with that.
0: And and I was advised recently that it's not – Even if you know that the other person may be too busy or maybe they're a teenager and don't like to, you know, hang with mom or dad, it's important to be asking them to spend time with you if they can, um, you know, just to so that they know that that's something that you are open and wanting to do. You have a desire for that uh, because that's what makes us all feel, I think, like we have value to others. Um, We need to take a break here. We are talking with Cass Walton, executive director of Pikes Peak Suicide Prevention Partnership. When we come back, and I know Cass, we have a lot more to unpack and we'll get to it later in this conversation, but when we come back, we've got on the KRDO Newsline City of Fountain Chief of Police Chris Heberer, who's going to be talking to us also about uh, this initiative and what resources are out there. That and more when the extra continues. Welcome back. Uh, We have on the KRDO Newsline Fountain Police Chief Heberer and uh, good morning Chief Heberer and thanks for joining us this morning. You are a co-chair of the Suicide Prevention Collaborative and and it's so important to bring in law enforcement's perspective into this because it can be invaluable in preventing suicide. Explain how you feel you fit into this uh, process.
2: Well, good morning, uh, Shannon, good morning, Cass. I was listening in on the first part of the segment um, and Cass really, you know, really hit the nail. You know, part of our organic composition of our board is it represents, you know, a wide cross section throughout our community, uh, bringing in experts and resources, um, specifically from, and I'll say this two-pronged, from um, communities that are at higher risk for suicide, which military and law enforcement first responders uh, my two backgrounds fall into among others. And then certainly as a first responder police officer, you know, serving on the front line, responding to a lot of calls, you know, we're working diligently uh, throughout El Paso County and our organizations to find ways uh, to put resources, for example, such as a, our co-responder model that brings a trained mental health um, professional into your home with a police officer um, together to get you into whatever crisis you're going through and get you some help. So, um, you know, we're just looking at resources to try and help our community. And that's how I would uh, say I fit into the group.
0: Mm, Because uh, police uh, do have a lot of training, but they are not trained mental health professionals and expecting them to do that job in addition. I mean, it it does put a lot of strain. Uh, Let's talk about the numbers. The numbers are unfortunately very grim. In 2021, the coroner's report out of El Paso County noted that 176 deaths by suicide took place in 2021. Now, uh, the majority of those, 114 of them, involved firearms and nearly a third of the suicides uh, the people had had a known active or prior military duty so you touched on those uh, professions that could be uh, unfortunately exposed to more stresses so chief uh, why is this a difficult time for our friends in the military or in law enforcement
2: well, thank you for you know, thank you for unfortunately bringing up you know that stat, and that's certainly one of the goals of our of our group. That's why it's so diverse, is to reduce those stats across uh, a large segments. But specifically, military and first responders, and and I talk a lot about this in the military and uh, professionally and in my own organization. You know, those two professions will see things, hear things, and, and go through things. Uh, triple homicide. Uh, accident where a five-year-old is ejected from a car and and hits another car those are those are real world cases and, and military engagements and combat operations um they 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 create uh post-traumatic stress and without being treated without uh being dealt with in a healthy environment through positive coping mechanisms counseling help prayer assistance you know they can they can manifest into post-traumatic stress disorder And then you end up, you know, you see our military and our law enforcement self-medicating, self-treating, feeling isolated, not getting help, right? Because we know drugs and alcohol can can be a further depressant, but those are how some of our veterans and military are are coping and reaching for help. Um, So we just encourage uh, positive role models and positive ways to get for help. That's why we have so many resources. And, you know, I just would like to share one last piece. You know, I've experienced you know, post-traumatic stress in the military firsthand and went through tough patches of my life. And my, ma- my message to everybody, you know, uh, veteran or not, is, is there's light at the end of the tunnel. You can get through it. You know, if you need help, ask for help. And it's a sign of strength.
0: Uh, great advice there. Now, what would you say to friends or family members who are seeing a loved one maybe decline in their mental strength? And, and, and especially if there are firearms in the house, what do you say to those people?
2: Well, you know, first off, uh, you know, it's it's okay to ask your person if they're contemplating suicide or, or they're, uh, you notice that change, right? It's it's okay to ask. Maybe maybe for whatever reason they're not being going to be willing to you know have that conversation with you. You know, we I try and educate people, uh, especially this time of year, as we were talking about earlier. Um, You know, should someone in your circle, you know, bring that up or approach you, A, they chose you to have that conversation, have courage, be patient, don't end it. And in all those scenarios, there are so many resources to get people help. Veterans Affairs, Mount Mount Carmel, VFWs, um, certainly police departments. If we get involved, we will bring resources to help through UC Health and our mental health clinicians. There are so many resources to help that we just want to encourage them to get help. I tell the spouses of our cops, and I I tell them, please, 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 if you see your spouse struggling, you're going to know before I'm going to know, and please reach out to me or someone in this organization. And we have many success stories where, where we got Police officers, former veterans, help, and they're still alive, still employed, and doing well today. It's okay to not to be okay, and we're going to get your help.
0: I am so glad you said that because uh, uh, I can't say that uh, you know it has happened a lot, but I, uh, on very infrequent times, I have had a person in my circle who has That's... mentioned, and it kind of was flippant, you know, and I sure. thought I cannot repeat it i don't want to repeat it i don't want to re-emphasize that in their mind but you brought up such a, a good thing that you can ask about that maybe you should ask about that but that it but that saying it out loud doesn't make it more likely
2: no it, it doesn't uh you know all the vast majority of, of studies have shown that you know for you to ask or clarify or if you if you if they're not coming out and saying it, um, it's okay to ask. Uh, it's not gonna put the idea in their head. They either have the idea in their head, they're contemplating the idea or they don't. And you, the simple act of you asking um, is not going to you know, push them over to the edge, right? It can really, you know, maybe you're the first person that has asked somebody, right, that asked that person and they have to confront that. And 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 my hope and prayer in that conversation would be like, yeah, I, I am thinking about it. and. You know, wow! Thank you for asking me, and I I really need help. And let's, you know, and then that's when the healing can hopefully start. And hopefully you can get that person resources, and it's okay to ask that person and uh, be there as a support structure, and, and and not be and not be scared. Like it's it's okay.
0: And let's point out that in 2021, the average age at death by suicide was 44. Uh, so this isn't, you know, necessarily a young person's problem. This can hit at any age, and eighty-one percent of completed suicides were men. What would you say to the men in our community, Chief?
2: Yeah, sad, sadly, as we look as, at this phenomenon, tragic story, it's a largely a male-dominated sport. Uh, we know two things: uh, males are consistently higher, and males will consistently use firearms um as as a tool for that so it's vastly more deadly you know part of the talk and we talk about safe storage of firearms and now as a law enforcement officer executive I'll tell you the Colorado State Legislature passed law that says you must mandatory secure your weapons in your home and in your car in a safe manner um because that's really really important because we see those accidents but my message for all males and and I uh you know, was raised, I'm 49 years old, so I, I was raised um, in the 80s, in the 90s, and I was raised a certain way by my father. I was in the army when I was young, where I was taught, you know, not to cry, not to show emotion, and, you know, you just got to be tough and rub some dirt on it, take some iduprofen, those type of mentalities, and what I know now, when I look back on my life is, um, you know, it's okay to cry. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to um, show your emotions, and, you know, I think that's just part of our society, learning to cope better, and, and men, um, learning how to be men better, and, and, and you know, I would say when I look back on myself, I, I was, you know, a 20-year Army guy, and a police guy now, I was tough as, as it comes, but, you know, I subscribe in my life to deal with problems before they, they blow up and manifest, because the emotions are going to come out, and in a, in a safe place, I always encourage my people today to get their emotions off their chest so they don't negatively impact their lives and they end up isolated and alone so um, great question, and I'm I'm happy to share that 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 you know my experience on that.
0: Well, powerful testimony there, uh, Chief Chris Heber, Fountain Police Chief. Thank you for joining us this morning. He's also co-chair of the Suicide Prevention Collaborative, and we know that takes a lot of hours and dedication. So, uh, big thanks to you for that. And if people are listening right now, and you know someone who might be in crisis, or you yourself might need someone to talk to, you can text talk to three eight two five five. And you can also call the crisis hotline at 800-273-TALK. That's 273-TALK. Chief Heberer, thanks again. Thank you, Shannon Cass. Everybody listening, have a Merry Christmas. You too. We need to take a short break. When we come back, more of the extra and our focus on finding the resources, knowing the resource, knowing there are people out there who will support uh, you if you are experiencing a mental health crisis or depression or just feeling down. That and more when the extra continues. We're back with the extra. Just want to give a big shout out once again to City of Fountains Police Chief Chris Heber, who joined us here to talk about this important project. Uh, Just really an important topic that we need to tackle over the holidays because uh, we like to emphasize the merry, we like to emphasize the fun, we like to emphasize the joy. Uh, But for many people, uh, it's a real struggle to see their way through to those emotions and they are struggling with something that's much heavier, much weightier. Uh, So, joining us right now for this segment, we're so pleased to have with us mental health and suicide prevention trainer David Galvin. And David, welcome to The Extra.
3: Uh, thanks so much for having me.
0: So let's tell uh, our listeners about the Suicide Prevention Collaborative Connectedness Work Group. Big mouthful, but it's the work group yeah. that you are chairperson of and what you're working on.
3: It is. It is a big mouthful. Um, and sometimes it can be very ambiguous what connectedness is. And really what we're trying to work on is finding natural places of connection that people have here. It's interesting how many times we don't know what's going on in our city that is so big yet so small. And knowing what the value of connection is, whether that's a pickleball game or going out with friends to do an activity riding downtown, going to the Garden of the Gods, whatever that may be, but just showing that value of connection and heightening awareness around that. Primarily our focus is around – areas and places where people can connect, whether that's faith communities, whether that's um, uh, communities for uh, certain demographics, whether that's LGBTIQ, um, whether that's uh, men, finding those areas so that we can find places of belonging and connection here in our city.
0: So now faith communities can be an ideal place to work through these things. Why is that?
3: Yeah, so I think it's an ideal place because people try to find hope. We're looking for hope in those places. We're looking for places of peace, places of joy when we're talking about depression and anxiety. All of those things are, are things that should be discussed and not hidden or not uh, avoided, especially in those faith communities. Um, faith communities also provide a place of belonging, places um, place where people can get connected and learn from one another or uh, grow with one another uh, through life's experiences, um, through that process. So I think whenever we can have Uh, things like depression, anxiety, suicide be discussed within faith communities, we open up greater opportunity for hope uh, for individuals experiencing that within those communities.
0: (laughs) Definitely important topics there. Uh, There's a a part of your organization that's called Soul Shop. And when I say soul, like, you know, soul music, soul shop. What do attendees learn from these workshops that Soul Shop does?
3: Yeah, Soul Shop is a faith-based initiative that actually provides suicide training or suicide prevention training, and how to minister to those impacted by suicide. You come to Soul Shop training, you're gonna learn various ways of how to address suicide within those communities, how to identify warning signs, how to be a companion to those that are experiencing suicide loss, um, even finding national and local resources for suicide prevention, and then how to integrate suicide prevention in like the everyday life of ministry of church. And I think those are things that are helpful because uh, inside those workshops, there's many different phrases and things that you will learn. Uh, one of the uh, opening statements is, is a uh, quote from Henry David Thoreau that says, the great masses of men and women lead quiet lives of desperation. And our goal in these workshops is to move from quiet desperation to honest conversations about suicide within our community. So this provides just a launch pad for faith community leaders and members to begin the discussion um, with their faith in mind along the way.
0: So what role can the faith-based leaders play in this process?
1: Oh,
3: I think they can play a significant role. Uh, first and foremost, like just addressing the stigma around uh, suicide, addressing the mere fact that, hey, this is something that you may not hear that often about. You may not hear that often from, uh, from the stage or from the pulpit, but you can actually have an opportunity now to be one of those individuals to break that stigma, um, that if we talk about this, uh, it'll happen. It's said that within a congregation of around, tw- uh, 200, there's about 12 individuals thinking about suicide, sitting in that congregation that day. And, um, we want to make sure that they have hope available to them. One of the quotes that we use often within our training and in, in within faith communities is that uh, suicide happens for many different reasons, but it often comes down to a loss of hope. And a loss of social connection and i think uh, faith communities have an opportunity to provide that and so as a faith leader as as leaders in that we have a way of connecting with people and, and providing hope in the midst of whatever crisis they're navigating
0: so what suggestion do you have to people who may be listening to this who think yes this is the avenue that that I need to pursue that that will you know bring me maybe some uh solace some groundedness uh, yeah. what how do you uh, what is the language that maybe someone should use when seeking that resource that support through uh, faith-based organization
3: yeah I think there's a couple things here first and foremost I think we must uh, not avoid the topic that many people have been potentially uh, hurt by faith community in some sort of way or another. And I think it takes a lot of courage to reach out during that time, even if you know that that would be a place of solace for you. So I just want to address that first and foremost. And then secondly, I think as people in the faith community, we can reach out and draw in. And in doing so, what I mean is we reach out to those that are in our community. We look for those that are in pain. Um, we look for those in desperation. Often desperation is not a sad face or even the moment, in uh, it's a wonderful, uh, a wonderful life, like um, a white Christmas or a wonderful life. Sorry, where Judy's right, is standing over there and looking over the bridge. It doesn't look like that. Uh, sometimes it's the some smiling faces, and so just inquiring of those individuals within your community how you're doing. And the other one is to draw in, and so um, to actually pull those people in, and then for us to reach out. I think those are two ways that we, as a faith community, to do that. So as a listener today, I just want to offer you courage courage to to reach out and as a listener for those to draw others in. So today, send a text. Let someone know you're thinking about them. If they come to mind, just reach out to them and let them know that you're thinking about them and, and are here for them. And I think those are great ways that we can uh, offer help to others around us. Mm,
0: indeed. Uh, David Walton, thank you for joining us here on the Extra. Again, we want to uh, push out the uh, contact info that you might need if you are looking for someone to talk to. If you're in crisis or know someone who is, 800-273-TALK is the toll-free number. That's 273-8255. Or you can text <laughs> TALK to 38255. Oh. David, thanks again.
3: Thank you for this opportunity and hope be with you all.
0: Yes. And when we come back, we'll uh, rejoin Cass Walton, Executive Director of PikeSpeak Suicide Prevention Partnership, with some more important messages. We're back with Cass Walton, Executive Director of Pikes Peak Suicide Prevention Partnership. And Cass, uh, when we were speaking before, we were talking about some uh, specific situations that people might find themselves in. And and certainly this hits up for myself, my family. Uh, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever holiday you're marking, they can bring back memories of loved ones, especially those loved ones who have passed, those we've lost what tips do you have for those who are experiencing a, a first or a last this holiday season?
1: Yeah, so I think when we talk about these memories and the fact that they bring sadness or pain, um, we suddenly think, oh, it's a bad thing. And so what I really think is important for folks to do is to um, you know, honor that memory. When you think of the memory itself, it's usually a happy memory. You're usually thinking about someone that you love, and it's really important in the grieving process to get those feelings out, to talk about that out loud. And so we say, you know, put their picture in a prominent place, do a holiday activity that you would have done with them, but do something to honor that memory and to give um, a way for that pain to get from the inside to the outside, um, because that is healthy grieving.
0: Well, I I like what you say about, you know, doing something specific. What other tips do you have for for managing stress uh, this time of year and get us through this time of year feeling healthier?
1: Again, it's this idea of just because it doesn't feel good does not mean that it's bad. When we're feeling stressed about something or anxious about something or sad about something, really giving ourselves permission just to feel that way. If I'm stressed about money, that makes total sense. You know, we're having a lot of different expenses right now. And so just one, acknowledging where you're at, letting yourself know that you're valid, your feelings make sense, and then really fighting that urge to isolate. Isolation can be really dangerous during these times. And that's because the part of your body that is injured or ill at this time when you're experiencing these things is your brain. And so you need an external voice to remind you that you're not alone. There's a light at the end of the tunnel and, um, you know, we'll get through this holiday season.
0: Do you have different, uh, strategies when, uh, depending on age? I mean, I, am thinking, you know, some of our elder, uh, neighbors, older neighbors, uh, who you know might deal with stress and and loneliness and depression in different ways than uh, maybe some of our teenagers who are getting prodded with all that social media messaging that they are on constantly.
1: You know the the common denominator there between the different ages is isolation. And so if you're a senior that's finding yourself lonely at home, you know your only company the TV. Um, There are community resources, you know, find a way to join one of the faith-based activities that are going on, Um, you know, give Silver Key a call and see what peer support services they have available. Silver Key, PIGSIC Suicide Prevention Partnership, NAMI of Colorado Springs, these are all resources that if you're like, hey, I don't have anybody, these are organizations that can say, hey, we have some peer support volunteers that will be available to you over this holiday season. And for our teenagers. What we know about teenagers is that they all come with an adult. And if you are an adult with a teenager, it's important for you to check in with that teenager, even if you think like, the last thing that my teenager wants to do is hang out with me. Well folks, research shows us that's not true. While they may buck and uh, show attitude, really they, yearn that connection with the trusted adults around them and by adults saying, hey, come play cards with us. Come watch a Christmas movie with me. Let's go shopping together. Let's go have some hot cocoa. Let's go see Christmas lights together. Just that invitation alone says, hey, you're not alone. You belong. I care about you. You are seen. Um, Those make a huge difference to someone who is feeling like I don't really have a place or I don't have anyone. I feel lonely. Um, And these are affirmations and different things that we can do as people on the outside to reach into those folks who might not have the ability to reach out.
0: I love that Uh, great advice there and Cass we're about wrapping up here but in our final minute what would you like the listeners to find out?
1: I really want everyone to understand that suicide prevention is really everyone's business I invite everyone to check out the collaborative by um, visiting our website, spcollab.org, just because we know that our biggest arm of prevention is the informed public. And so even though you might be one of the lucky ones who has not been personally impacted by suicide, it's important for you to get educated about it because someone on the outside observing is going to notice that someone needs help much quicker than someone who needs help is going to be able to ask for it. And so if we can, Identify someone to, someone who is at risk and bring resources to them. We can save lives in our community.
0: All right. Well, Cass Walton, thank you. And again, let's get these uh, messages and resources out to people. So once again, if you are experiencing crisis, if you uh, know someone who is in crisis, the crisis hotline is 800-273-TALK, 8255 Text talk the word talk, T A L K, to 38255. And Cass Walton's organization uh, can also be uh, reached. And Cass, why don't you give everyone the website for that?
1: Sure. You can find us at Pikespeak Suicide Prevention.org.
0: Cass Walton, one of our three guests today here on The Extra. I appreciate you so much. Uh, It was good to talk to you. I think we got a chance to talk in person not so long ago uh, here on The Extra, but we're getting a chance to do this, and it's such an important time to reach out with these messages. Thank you, Cass. Thank you so much.
1: This is such important stuff.
0: And to our listeners, thank you for taking part in this important conversation about alleviating depression and stress and being there for our loved ones in meaningful ways over the holidays. We appreciate you so much. Thank you for listening to the extra. We'll be back with another extra conversation tomorrow. You're listening to KRDO News Radio.